Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Great show for you this week. I am happy to bring you Brian Slagle. For all my metal fans out there, that should be a name that you already very well know. Uh, And uh, for all you uh, non-metal fans, this is a name that you need to know. Uh, Brian uh, is the founder and the head of Metal Blade Records, which, again, metal fans will tell you is pretty much ground zero. Uh, They were the West Coast uh, thing that really got uh, so many uh, things on the map. Uh, The very, very first Metallica recording was on the very, very first Metal Blade um, release, which is Metal Massacre Volume 1. And a very skeletal version of Metallica was on that then. Um, of course, on the East Coast was Megaforce Records, which came a little bit later, which also featured uh, Metallica's debut. Uh, so, But Metal Blade went on to uh, work with Slayer and so many more, and they're still uh, kicking ass today. Uh, their, their lineup includes a who's who uh, roster of the current crop of metal bands, including Kill Switch and Gage, which... Um, just got nominated for a Grammy uh, a few weeks ago. So we caught up with Brian. Uh, he moved to Las Vegas. The main operation is still in California, uh, but he is in Las Vegas. And as you know, we were there for a bunch of different stuff. My um, annual January DJ residency at the Hard Rock before they shut down, rest in peace, to the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Have lots and lots of fun. I don't know if I'll be back in its new incarnation of Virgin Hotels. If you love my DJing and look forward to seeing me twice a year at the Hard Rock and you want me to come back and you want us to do the show there, let Virgin Hotels know. Uh, But, you know, who knows? They might be offering me a a contract or extending the old one, whatever. Um, Obviously, we were in town for, uh, for AVN. I hope you guys are enjoying all of our AVN coverage. We had Alex Cole, uh, such an amazing, amazing person. She was on last week. Also, we also had Brooklyn Chase, the mythical Brooklyn Chase. Also, a performer named Lauren Phillips. Uh, many, many more. You'll be able to see all of that also on our YouTube channel, Tricky Kid TV. You're also going to be able to see this one. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Is it? Uh, we usually uh, don't get to, or we don't need to have to get to whatever uh actually film the episodes uh we usually audio only but every once in a while we'll do something special and since our film crew uh uh, was in town uh because we were doing some other different stuff uh we thought we'd go ahead and film this one uh and some exclusive content so that way you can enjoy the audio and then when you watch the video you'll be able to hear some uh exclusive stuff there that we talk about and uh and it's great brian's a great guy he was so kind to us and so generous with his time and his space and uh want to give a shout out to missy um his assistant who is just an ass kicker and organize and just gets it done. Whenever you meet people, she reminded me of Diamond Dallas Page. She, she reminded me of not in looks, but just in just fucking strident dexterity. Uh, just on top of it, um, very headstrong, and the kind of person that you would want on your team. Uh, so she was very, very kind and very instrumental uh, in making this uh, whole thing happen for us. Um, 
Uh, but ultimately, like I said, we want to thank Brian uh, Slagle for having us, and he welcomed us uh, with open arms, and uh, we're very grateful to him, and I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear. Uh, I'm going to play some that Kill Switch Engage uh, song. It's called Unleashed uh, here in a second. Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, a lot of, not to be like, you know, uh, the guy who only listens to the older stuff, but there, uh, not a lot of, you know, there's, there has been some newer stuff I, I've been digging on. Uh, this might not be the traditionally like metal, but there's a girl named Poppy, uh, or maybe it's the whole act is Poppy. I don't know if it's just a girl that's Poppy, but it's, she kind of reminds me of Grimes and, and, but, but very heavy. Uh, I've been really enjoying that. Uh, I'm a massive, uh, professional wrestling fan, as you know. I just mentioned Diamond Dallas Page. And she's been uh, working with them with her NXT brand with a, a, a brilliant performer named Io Shirai. They just had their uh, pay-per-view in Portland, and the show opened with like a three-song little mini-concert with Poppy. That was outstanding. Uh, trying to think of what else that I've been kind of digging on uh, here and there. Like I've been uh, been digging on uh, this band Ginger that people have been telling me about. I've been kind of digging that. Um, also, uh, you know, we had Brian Posehn on, and he came out with a really fun record called Grandpa Metal. If you haven't heard of our chat with Brian, uh, I encourage you to, uh, especially if you're a metal fan, if you're listening to this episode just because not just because you're new to the show <clears throat> and this is your first taste of it, we have had a lot of metal people on, uh, everybody from Anthrax and Slayer and uh, the whole bit there. Uh, so uh, we just had Brian Posehn on uh, a couple weeks ago. So if this is your first taste of Tricky Kid Radio, welcome. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy this. I said if you're coming here just for metal reasons, but now you got to stick around uh, and check out some of the other episodes. Like I said, Brian Posehn. We've had Joy Belladonna. Uh, you know Frank Bello. Um, been very fortunate to have lots and lots of, uh, of diversity on the show. So there's a little bit something here for everybody. I want to encourage you uh, to check us out on any type of player that you use. If you're an Android or if you're just an iPhone guy, girl, whatever. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Pandora. Uh, we are now part of the iHeartRadio family. Shout out to those great organization for welcoming us. Um but subscribe though it's free this way it'll just pop in and uh you never know what's gonna happen like i said this show isn't just about like one thing you know you might be like wow like on one week we had mix master mike and the next week we had naughty by nature and then the next week we had faye dunaway so try to bring a little bit something for everybody um I probably would be more successful if the show was just like about fishing and and we had fishing sponsors and we just had fishing fishermen listeners. Uh, if I were to streamline it, it would probably be more successful. But uh, I don't know. I'm not interested in that, and I'll I'll take the pay cut to have more fun. Uh, okay. So, uh, but again, uh, go on to iTunes and subscribe. Subscribe on iHeartRadio, FM Player. We're in the Google Store, Spotify. Like I mentioned. Uh, also, you, you want to be able to see a lot of this stuff. Go to TrickyKid.com. We have a new site there. Like, for example, we just got back from California. We were at the very first three nights of the Mr. Bungle reunion. Uh, saw my man Posehn there. We had a nice chat. Um, uh, kind of a follow-up of our phone call because whenever he was on the show, he, he, had, he had called in. Um, but yeah, like, let's say you're in a Mr. Bungle. Well, you know, here's some unique coverage that you may not get anywhere else. 
instead of because you can read the set list online or hey you know this is what happened but I, we try to take you into like trying to put you there like okay this is exactly what happened here's what it was like to be there I'm fortunate enough to have a certain amount of access that uh, that not everybody gets to enjoy so that that was pretty cool and very fortunate so go on to trickykid.com. That's T-R-I-C-K-Y hyphen K-I-D.com. So it's just trickykid.com with a little dash or a hyphen, whatever you call it, in the middle. And check out our news site. Uh, again, like I said, if you are uh, a fan of AVN and the industry, uh, instead of hearing, um, you can go there and see all the pictures that we took of all uh, the experience that we had there in Las Vegas uh, at AVN. Uh, it's a great time. It's a great site. Um, I wanted to tell you we've got uh, a tribute to Neil Peart coming up next week uh, that will also include a little bit of segment from from, from Slagle and Brian Posehn uh, as well as Michael Sweet from Striper uh, and a ton of others. Uh, so stick around. You guys also know that we're firing on all cylinders here working on our King's X documentary. Yeah. We're going to have a new teaser. We're going to have the website launch. You guys are going to know the title. All those good things are coming your way. Uh, also got to thank the sponsors. Shout out to Belvita, uh, keeping us healthy and uh, great snacks. You can find anywhere you find your breakfast snacks. Blackstone Labs, my man. I'm just starting this uh, Rockbox uh, Fitness. Shout out to them in Frisco, Texas. We're right here. We're around the corner here from the studio. Uh, to Joe Chandler uh, and Jay, uh, I just started this this kickboxing boot camp thing that is just kicking my ass, man. But it's I've gotten results. It's it's insane. I'm fortunate enough to be married to this gorgeous, perfect, uh, very fit, healthy uh, Filipino goddess. As you know, she's been on the show many, many times. And so I get to wake up and look at something very uh, gorgeous every day. I thought, you know, I wanted to. Pay, repay her the favor. So I'm trying to keep up with, uh, you know, we all have those New Year's resolutions. I hope you're keeping up with yours. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hanging with it, man. I'm, I'm drinking the water and I'm doing the proteins and I'm changing my diet and getting some results. Uh, check out Rockbox Fitness. And uh, the whey protein I use is, is Blackstone Lab. Uh, and I've been really, really enjoying that and seeing some great results. Uh, so once again, uh, check us out and I'm going to play you Unleashed. Uh, from Kill Switch Engage. It's off their album that came out last year. Uh, actually, in August of last year. The album is called Atonement. Uh, and this is the lead track from the album. It's called Unleashed. It was nominated for a Grammy. And we'll be right back with Brian Slagle. Let's go! 
Hey everybody, this is Neil Fallon from Clutch, and you are watching Tricky. Are you, are you watching or listening to this? Uh, you can you can do, you can do both. Okay. <laughs> Tricky Kid TV. Tricky Kid TV. Then. We'll All right. Break. I'm always making things more complicated than it has to be. You. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Neil Fallon from Clutch, and you are watching Tricky Kid TV with Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. This is Neil Fallon from Clutch, and you are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. And then we'll do a little clapper thing there, and then we'll do it again for audio, and we'll jump okay. on in. Uh, okay, so hey, everybody. Joining us here uh, for this week's edition of Tricky Kid TV, those that are listening on here on Tricky Kid Radio, guest this week is none other than the CEO and founder of one of the biggest and lo most longest running uh, metal labels in history. It's Metal Blade Records, Brian Slagle. Brian, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, you know, we're here uh, in Vegas. This is a kind of a, uh, is, is Metal Blade, would you say, where, where, where is the flag of Metal Blade? Is it in California? Oh, we're, or yeah, we're still in California. I'm the only one that's out here. Everybody else is still in, in California, so I, I couldn't, couldn't get any of them to move out here, but I got tired of the traffic in California, so I ended up out here now. <laughs> well, you're about to go back there because it's, it's, a, it's a big week for you guys this week. Yeah, it's Grammy week, so I'm going to be in L.A. all week. For There's a t huge T.J. Martell dinner that we do every year that's it's for charity. It's a really amazing event. And then all the other stuff for Grammy week, basically. And then we are luckily having an artist nominated this year in Killswitch Engage for Best Metal Song or Track, whatever it's called. So I'm, so I'm actually going. Yeah. <laughs> So, so congratulations to Kill Switch Engage for uh, for for what is a song that they're is it a song or an album they're nominated for? Oh, I don't even know. I think it's just I think it's one of the songs unleashed. I don't. They do it usually song wise now. Okay. I don't know. <clears throat> well, we'll we'll find out what that is and we'll 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 drop it in here. You know, for those those that are listening. So, um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you. So, give people. I know you've been on a million different documentaries and you probably are tired of saying this but just for, for those that might be seeing you for the first time or hearing you for the first time give us a brief history of, of Metal Blade uh, and what you know like I mean people know that story but in terms of you forming the label and that sort of thing yeah so basically I was just a, a young kid that was into the new wave of British heavy metal which was the big scene happening and 79 and 80 in England which was Iron Maiden and Def Leppard and Saxon and all these other bands and uh, I was here living in, in L.A. and <clears throat> fascinated by that scene and I started a fan, the first ever U.S. heavy metal fanzine called the New Heavy Metal Review. I was booking shows here, I ended up working at a record store, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff here and then I found out that there was actually metal bands playing in L.A. The first show I went to was Motley Crue and Rat for a dollar at the Troubadour, which is crazy. So this is obviously way before the internet or way before anything else. Nobody knew that these bands even existed in LA, that they, the major label A&R people had no, could care less. So I got the idea of putting together a compilation album of all the bands. So I asked distributors if they would do, if, they, if I made it, would they do it? I said, sure. So I scraped up a little bit of money, borrowed money from my aunts to make the records and ended up putting out the first Metal Masker album. And Rat was on there, and Bitch, and Malice, and a few other bands, Sirith Ungle. And then my friend Lars, who I met at a Michael Schenker show in 1980, uh, who finally put together a band, because he called me up and said, hey, if I put together a band, can I be on your label? I said, sure, and that ended up being Metallica. So, so that began it all. I didn't do the, the record thinking I was going to have a label. I was just doing it to try to help the local scene. I had no money, so one of the distributors, a company called Green World, came to me and said, well, we know you seem like you know what you're doing, and we don't, we don't have any money, but we'll give you a, 
a pressing and distribution deal. In other words, if you can find something and bring it to us, we'll manufacture and distribute it for you. So I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun, why not? So that's kind of how Metal Blade was born. And then, you know, we got Armored Saint and Slayer and Trouble, and then it just kind of goes on and on in history. On and on and on, man. I mean, any, any metal fan knows Metal Blade. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a part of the fabric of, of, of being a, a metal fan, you know? And, there's a Metallica record. We'll, we'll get a shot of that up here in a second. There's a Metallica record right there on the wall. So why, but why would you have been presented Load though? So they gave me, uh, in my office in California, I have all of them, all the, the gold records, and this one just happened to end up out here. They just gave them to me for all of them since they okay. were just being nice, since you kind of gave us our start. So here's records. Back in the days, people were handing those things out like candy. It's like, you know, anybody that had anything to do with it, like, yeah, here's a gold record. So, okay. It, it doesn't happen to much anymore. No. Well, hardly any records get to gold or platinum anymore because of the way things are these days. But yeah, they don't do that much, much anymore. Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess, I guess because do you think that they're going to have to change the qualifications of, for what gold and platinum is? <clears throat> they're going to have to because what's happening now in the business is that we're the money being generated right now is more than it's been in a long time. I just know for 2019 was one of the best years the Metal Blade ever had. But we don't have, you know, these gold or, you know, these things to show for them, these little trinket things. Not that it really just matters, but it's always nice to have stuff like that. But, yeah, they're going to have to switch it around because, you know, we're getting, you know, top five, top ten records around the world. But the, the actual physical, what they describe as sales don't make any sense because it's all streaming and downloads. Yeah. Especially the streaming numbers are are whole different. So I think they're going to have to come up with some sort of formula. I know there's a lot of talk about it because they want to, you know, people want to make it seem like it's a bigger deal than, than not a bigger deal than it is, but it just needs to be sorted out basically. Well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, back in the day, if you sold 40,000 records, that was a commercial flop and it wouldn't even chart. And now 40,000 records, that was, that, that, that's a top 10 record. Yeah, exactly. So, but, yeah. But, but you're not going to have that top 10 record in a gold or a platinum frame. No. So, you know, yeah, they'll figure it out at some point. It's kind of, I, you know, I argue with them a lot because, not to get too in-depth on this stuff, but, you know, but if you have one single that streams a billion times that can, is con conceived as being an album and you get album sales out of it, it's just, it's a bit antiquated, but they'll, right. hopefully they'll figure it out. Okay. So, and, and then, so not only, you know, all metal fans know, of course, as you know, the, the, the big four. So you, you know, kind of got Metallica going and then you also did Slayer who just wrapped up, uh, you know, golly, almost 40 year career with two amazing nights at the forum. You know, you and I were both there. Yep. And, uh, uh, talk to me about, about that night for you, uh, the, those two nights, especially the final night. Well, so, you know, people, I went to, I don't know, I went to a lot of those those last shows, and people kept saying, you're going to be sad. Like, I'm not really sad. Uh, I'm more, um, I don't know, <clears throat> it's probably a, a other range of emotions, I think, that are there, but I know too much. But um, uh, it was interesting. So, night one, so, first of all, Kerry King's one of my really good friends, and he, he lives here in Vegas. We have Golden Knights and Raider season tickets together and a whole bunch of other stuff, but... Uh, and I tried to stay out of their way because it was, you know, the, those two nights were just crazy. Well, yeah. Everybody the on earth was thing. there. Yeah. But the first night I went in there, <clears throat> uh, oh no, actually it was, uh, I spent Thanksgiving with, with all of them because they all had dinner here at, at my friend Chris Santos's restaurant, Beauty and Essex. So he was telling me that they were going to switch up the, the set list for the first show. I'm like, okay, cool. I said, I said I'm not going to ask you what it is. He said, I'm not going to tell you anyway. So, okay, fine. So they come out and they played four songs of the, off of Show No Mercy, which I think was the Start off with um, 
I forget which song they start off with, and then the next four were Show No Mercy. And yeah. while they're doing that, I'm sitting there thinking, they're doing the whole album? This is crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So the set list was amazing on that first night. So I just went back afterward and said, oh my God, that was nuts. So second night was interesting. I felt um, that the for me, the crowds, because I'd seen a lot of these shows, and I thought the crowds were a little mellow. But L.A. crowd, number one, right. usually, no offense to my friends in L.A., but usually not the best crowds out there. Well, they and, just see so much, they're over but it. Somebody yeah. mentioned to me, though, about that, last, especially the last night, that does make sense, is everybody just kind of, it, it was a very emotional night for right, a lot of people, yeah. obviously. So I think people were not necessarily in a screaming, yelling mood. They were a little bit more, you know, solemn, I guess, or something. But they were, they were cool nights. My favorite thing of all, though, was when, you know, if you haven't seen it, so Kerry takes off the his, you know, gigantic uh, <clears throat> chain belt and holds it up and draw like the mic drop drops it, which I thought was, when he was doing that, I was like, oh my God, that's one of the most amazing things totally. I've ever seen. So I went, af I went after him, again, I spent like a minute with him because it was just lunacy, but, so that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. He told me, I, he literally thought about it probably, you know, Two or three minutes before he did it, like that would be cool to do. Wow, so okay. that was that was that's a pretty legendary moment. And one thing I can say, because there's always the naysayers, like, oh, they're gonna play again. I, I mean, I'm not gonna say 100% because you never know. But 99%, that's it. Well, you know, with them, you know, and I don't again, I don't begrudge people. I know that there's a, a much that's been made about how Motley Crue made this big deal about ending, and now they're back. Wow, well, everybody comes. Every everybody usually comes back, but Carrie's a man of his word, and if he said there's no more shows, then there's no more shows. Well, but I, I just mean that I just I, I, I can't I cannot actually see Slayer coming back. I just I just can't. Not, yeah. not, and, even beyond, even beyond but, the work but the, thing. But the interesting thing, though, about this, and I find this really smart way to do things. Is so well. There's not going to be any more Slayer shows, no more Slayer music. The brand Slayer is not going anywhere. Right. If anything, they're ramping it up. They did a huge deal with uh, with their merchandising company. They're coming out with I just saw today Funko dolls, and there's a yeah. million amazing things they're doing to kind of keep the brand rolling out there, which I think is ingenious. So, so even though the live shows are gone, you won't see the last of Slayer. Will be anywhere and everywhere, and in all the other. Were, were ways of the music world, I well, guess. Well, for, for sure, but, but not to mention also that, but it's kind of like the Motorhead thing, too. It's like, I mean, you, you know, or you know, the merchandising is, uh, and what a great way, because I think wasn't Tom's main, uh, I guess, uh, motivation for, he just, he's, he's tired of being on the road. He wants to be at home, and here's a way to kind of maintain a revenue stream without having to, to be gone all the time. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, look, as we get to kind of the end of a lot of these bands' careers, I mean, nobody's going to live forever, obviously, and, you know, Motorhead's a great example. You know, I think people are trying to learn how do we, how can we, when things start to wind down, keep the brand of these things rolling. Right, right. And I just know being in the Slayer camp still and, and talking to them, they've got some really interesting ideas about how to make that happen, which I think is great. Well, like, like a, like a, a Kerry King hologram, for example. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know if they'll go that far, but that'll be some interesting stuff. No, no kidding. Um, so, did you being here in Vegas? Did you see any of the David Lee Roth shows? No, it's funny. So I was uh, Eddie Trunk. If you guys don't know Eddie Trunk, Eddie Trunk has a show on Sirius XM, and so he did a show about you know bands that should have made it really big that that didn't. And Chris Jericho, also a good friend of mine, called in and mentioned Lizzie Borden on there. So I had to go in and kind of explain my end of things there. So anyway, Eddie was asking me, are you, are you in Vegas right now? I said, yes. And he said, are you going to any of the David Lee Roth shows? I said, well, in all honesty, I'm going to sit on the side and kind of see how it goes before I go and then kind of decide where I'm going to go. I said, okay, good. So so I, it's interesting. I have not gone. Okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of the footage. 
But it's it, it's a really interesting thing with that because half the people love it because that's just the way he is, where he's not singing the songs or he's just kind of goofing off on stage. But people love that. I'm kind of more traditional guy. I want to see the whole song, so I'm not going to probably go. But you know, I when I first saw some of the footage, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But I know people that went that lo- absolutely loved it, absolutely thought it was amazing. So I guess to each his own. So, but I'm probably not going to go. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> but would you have been somebody? I'm a Van Halen fanatic. Sure. But would you have been somebody that would have like not going wasn't an option? Because I guess that's how I would feel. I mean, even I could see the worst footage in the world and still not going isn't an yeah. option. You know, <clears throat> I see so many shows. And, you know, I, I love going to old, living in Vegas, you get to see all these, you know, yeah, for sure, yeah. residencies. And Aerosmith out here is crushing it, by the way. Stephen Tyler sounds incredible. Uh, I just saw Sticks the other night, and they were phenomenal. So, you know, so many people are doing it at a high level. And, and Roth just is a whole different animal in terms of that stuff. So, look, if you like his thing and you like what he's doing, it's, it's fine. It's not, probably not for me. But but I, I definitely feel like, though, too, though, that let, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to like it no matter what. I'm just going to be that kind and, of... And and that's know, the way most people are, are at, so... And it, and, but I, I mean, I'm not naive to think that it almost requires that in order to, get, you know, to kind of get through... Um, what it is now, and I. But I do know though the band he's got backing is really good. So that was the first thing is like, oh, this stuff sounds really good. So well, yeah, but I do think that the, you know the death of journalism. Uh, you know, people are actually writing reviews based upon some dude's, uh, you know, cell phone. I know, right? Wait, it's like you're writing about a show and you weren't even there. I know that that, that like it's problem. one thing for me to go like eh, I might sit it out because I've seen some footage and it wasn't kind of what I'm what I'm into, but it's a whole nother thing where somebody's not even there to write reviews. That stuff drives me crazy. Because that it happens does. a lot these days where yeah. people won't go to a show but they'll watch some YouTube footage of something and then make a review. It's like, well you weren't even there. You weren't even there. there. You yeah. can't get the vibe. You don't see what people were doing. Exactly. Anything. And it was probably some dude's cheap ass cell phone that's gonna you know and like I said I, I have a couple friends of mine that went into the first couple shows and thought it was they went to the first one and thought it was so amazing they went to the second that's so. all that matters yeah right you know um you know there's a lot uh, uh, happening uh since since the, the new year the new decade started uh but something that happened uh i guess it was last year or how long has this been out for oh uh, it's been almost two years i think okay. i think it came out in august so show the camera that right there ago. And Marcus, will you also get some stills with your cell phone or my phone as well while we're doing it? And so the, uh, the name of the book is uh, For the Sake of Heaviness. It's the history of Metal Blade Records. And uh, talk, talk to me a little bit about that because, again, you know, you started the label. We're all these years later. There's now a book about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's got to be almost two years because we did it basically, you know, every time you have a uh, – every five years there's an anniversary and you're expected to do something. We've done – box sets, we've done tours, we've done all this nonsense. So I was kind of figuring, like, well, you know, a book wouldn't be a bad idea. People kept bugging me about writing a book. And I was like, yeah, isn't that what you do when you're old? But I thought, well, the 35th anniversary is probably not a bad idea to go back and start telling some of these stories while I'm still coherent enough to remember <laughs> some of them. So it was fun going back. It's really interesting because you kind of don't think about a lot of the past when you're doing stuff. You're just kind of day right. to day, you're doing what you're doing and the past is whatever. And people ask about that, it's like, yeah, whatever. But doing the book was really kind of fascinating because they had to go back and kind of remember stories from the early days, and kind of chronological. We did it in chronological order, basically, of you know how it started, where we went, and other stuff we did. And I even kind of forgot in a little ways about some things that we did that a lot, not a lot of people really know. Like we were really heavily involved with the whole grunge scene, 
not as a label, but we were doing marketing and promotion for Alice in Chains, Faith No More, uh, Soundgarden, you know, all those uh, well, kept, all those bands. Kept you alive for a while too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really helped because we would just take, you know, those, because even though those bands weren't metal bands, or they weren't allowed to say they were metal right, bands, right. You know, the metal underground metal people love those bands. Yeah. So we went and you know all the college radio stations, underground magazines, and just made sure they all were part of it as well. So okay. it was super fun to do. So, and then you know all the other stuff. So it was really fun to do. I I am happy the way it came out. It's it's an easy read. It's like four hours. We didn't make it too long. Yeah. Uh, and the response to the book was uh, beyond anything I ever expected. It's been really really great. So I'm super happy that everybody enjoyed the book. And now book two is in the works. It's going to come out in 2020. Just more deeper stories about, you know, you know, me and Iron Maiden and, you know, some of the, some of those sort of things. And a lot of people ask for more stories on more obscure bands. We're just kind of going in depth on stuff and just, just telling some fun stuff. But there's mostly more of a demand for it. So, so you've got, it's a big year for the label. You've got Kill Switch is nominated for a Grammy this week. Uh, part two of the book coming out, uh, or a sequel to the book. But you know that's the great thing about this metal community, man. Is, is like when they love something, they love it forever, and they and they can't wait to get their hands on. Yeah, it, it's every bit it's of it. crazy how you know maybe just because we're old and we've been around for a long time. But the other thing we're doing in 2020 is we're so I put together this little heavy metal uh, metal blade museum in a, in a house here in Las Vegas just because we had all this stuff. It kind of moved a lot of our archival stuff out of LA, and it's a lot cheaper here. And just to kind of go through it, I realized there's just all this stuff right. sitting around. So I kind of put it together in like a little museum thing in a house here, and had a bunch of people come over, you know, and just look at it. And then they would say, "Hey, can we social media?" So I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So they start social media and stuff. And the response we got back was just nuts. Like you know, Joey Vera and Charlie Benanti, and you know, all these guys would come in and do stuff. And the response we got was amazing. So. Kind of had the idea, and they're asking, "Have we see this?" It's like, "Well, it's in a house. It's not really waited." See, it's so we're going to move it into a, into a public thing here now. Okay. So I'm so not sure. Look forward to. Yeah, it's probably going to be probably late 2020, but we're going to open the official Metal Blade Museum uh, here in Vegas, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of publicity and stuff for that. But okay, uh, okay. Just so keep we'll, checking the website or Twitter or whatever. And we'll have links to that, of course, on uh, the website and everything else. I wanted to ask you this. Um, you know, we're talking about a lot of. People that are uh, you know that, that we that we love that seem to have suddenly fallen in some, some some bad health all of a sudden. We heard of it. Ozzy's got Parkinson's yesterday, and thankfully uh, Dave Mustaine seems seems to have have beat the the cancer. It's in the, he, he's up on the you know exactly. There was he, t- t- was there something in this book that you remember differently than him, and what what what, <laughs> what, 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 what was. Oh yeah, there's like there's like a it's yeah that's a funny story. It's the only you know nobody had anything crazy. So I was trying to be very careful with I didn't want to <laughs> right. want to upset anybody. But I sent it to my lawyer to, to read it. And he read it. He's like you're too nice to everybody in there. But yeah, he and I saw a little a thing a little bit differently. So it's all fine. We're, we it's we made it's up. All good. it's yeah, all good, good now. Yeah, it's okay. all fine. It's just you know just it just it is what it is. It's like literally three pair. Paragraphs. So. Right, right, okay. But like, like you said, I, I'm just going to see him back in rock. And you were on the mega cruise, weren't you? No, I have not done a cruise yet. Oh, that's right. We're talking I'm about not sure. Bit. Yeah, I'm not a big cruise guy. It's like a, <laughs> it's like to me, it's like a floating prison because you just can't get off. That's right. That's right. Not that I don't mind being on there with a bunch of kids. Because I talked to bands like Cannibal Corpse and Amon and Martha, who I thought would hate the cruise, and they everybody loves it. So I'm going to do one one of these days, but. Uh, 
Uh, it's a little tricky for me because I'm just so busy with stuff. Not having the internet for a period of time is probably not good for me. But then again, maybe it should be good. I don't know. We'll see. Well, but I'll, right. I'll get on one of these one of these days. It is good to disconnect sometime. But, I, but I'm with you. The, the one that almost got me was when Motorhead did that first uh, uh, motorboat thing. which And the lineup was bananas. But I'm also like you as well. I'm like, I felt like you know, like when you wake up and you're the first one up at the party where everybody spent the night the night before, and you're like stepping over bodies on the yeah. way to the bathroom. It's kind of like I don't know if I can, do, you know, I can do that for four days. But you know, who knows? We'll see. Uh, you know, and then we mentioned we're going to have to be all, all uh, um, morbid about it. But you know, I, I told you before we did Brian Brosini yesterday. Got you today, and. Uh, so I had this folder called Life of Brian's that has all the information we're going to talk about. And fucking Monty Python dude died. Yeah, today. Terry Jones. Yeah. 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 Were, were you a big Monty Python fan? <clears throat> Massive Monty I th- Python I thought you fan. Were. Oh my gosh. Was about Monty Huge Python. Monty Python fan. I mean, you know, all that stuff growing up as a kid that the TV show ended up being on PBS out here when I was growing up and I became obsessed with it. And then obviously yeah. all the movies and massive fans. So this is a, just another weirdness of how crazy my life is and just the, the life of being in the music business so you know we've done a couple of comedy things that you mentioned Brian Jose we, we did stuff with Jim Florentine and Don Jameson and also Jim Brewer so I went to the comedy store I don't know a year year and a half ago or something to see Jim Florentine so we're talking afterwards and he was there with uh, this guy Megan who is the one who was the main writer on Two Broke Girls, which was a really great comedy on CBS, yeah. who mentioned Cannibal Corpse, by the way, in there. And I had no idea it was on there. I was wow. like, watching it, watching a rerun at like 2 o'clock in the morning or something, just kind of falling, half falling asleep. And all of a sudden I hear Cannibal Corpse. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? I had to rewind it. But wow. anyway, she dated a friend of mine who used to do all the Metal Club stuff. Not, not Brandon, but, but one of the other producers. And he got her into all this metal stuff. So we're all hanging out. And one of the people we're hanging out with is John Cleese's daughter, Camilla, who's now a stand-up comedian, yeah. who could not have been nicer and sweeter. Oh, cool, and she also cool. liked the rock music stuff. So at the end of the night, I kind of I was like, well, I just hang out with John Cleese. If you one of those, if you would have told 18, your 16-year-old me that, you would be like, there's just no way. And she was super nice and interested with the music we were doing. It was just crazy. That's, that's incredible. We actually had John Cleese on the show. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, at the end of last year, he came to Dallas. Uh, he's kind of doing that, like, you know, uh, Comic-Con type kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and so, and I, I, I like you, I'm a, I was obsessed with Monty Python. I couldn't believe it. I... I did my best to kind of hold it together there. Uh, yeah, that'd be a little scary. Like, yeah. One thing meeting, meeting her, because I obviously didn't know who she was until about halfway through. Somebody said, by the way, I'm like, oh, shit. But, yeah, yeah he did a stand-up thing here, too, uh, last year. And I, unfortunately, I missed it. But I was yeah, I, so he was Not stand-up, but like I've spoken words with him. I was going to come out. He did it here. And I think he also did it in New York, I think. And, and somewhere else kind of strange, like, like, like Atlanta. Or, not that not, not, not strange, but it was not Chicago. Like, yeah, yeah, New York, Valley, Chicago, sure. And, uh, and I, was, I really, wanted to, or really wanted to see it. Um, you know, uh, uh, and also, I guess I would be, be completely remiss. Uh, and we're probably will this will be almost, almost like a C-roll thing. Was it, man, we talk about a gut punch. We lost Neil Peart a couple weeks ago, man. Now that has got to be, for me, uh, the most unexpected, just blindsided, you know, thing for somebody that I didn't really know, you know. Yeah, that was crazy, boy. I'll tell you, every drummer I know was in a mass depression that day. I was getting all these texts and people freaking out. And I saw the very last show they ever did, which I have to thank my friend Jay Rustin, producer who's done, you know. 
uh, Coheda Cambria and uh, uh, not Slipknot, but um, he did Stone Sour and Anthrax and a million things. And Brian Posehn, Brian Posehn, exactly. <laughs> anyway, great guy. So he was like, "You gotta come see this last Rush show with me." I'm like, oh, I mean, "I'm a massive Rush fan. I saw them a zillion times." Wasn't a particularly big fan of their second level, you know, the, the, all the later sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but he said, "You gotta come. You gotta come. You gotta come." Fine, all right, I'll go. And it was phenomenal. They did, you know, that was the one where they're doing one song from every record, and it I was backwards, yeah. backwards, and it was just blew me away by how great it was. And it was really kind of interesting. We're sitting, it was, you know, it was their last show. We're sitting there, and in between, strangely enough, four people from Australia, two here and two here, who did not know each other, just you know, just randomly went, and somebody behind us from New Zealand. So we had all these, none of them knew each other. They're still there for the last show. They'd flown in for that, so it's kind of crazy. And, you know, Jay reminded me of that. So, yeah, we were at their last show ever. Only thing about that, obviously, you know, you hate losing people and it's awful when that happens. But I, I often wonder, because when they said that was it, that was it. And I, I know from, I don't know those guys really very well. I've met uh, Getty a couple times because we did stuff at his studio in Toronto. But I know people around them and they said, yeah, they're definitely not going to do any more shows. And I wondered if, and it was Neil, so I know he was having some physical issues with, you know, arthritis. He just couldn't play at the level he wanted to play right, at. Okay. Which, I get like, you know, he's a phenomenal guy. If you start to slow down, I get it. Yeah. So I wonder, half of me wonders, I wonder if there was a little bit of that coming in to play because it wasn't that long ago that they did that and then he just passed away. But yeah, it's sad. It's getting old, man. It seems like every couple, every week or two, somebody else like, oh, man. I know, but it's just somebody like him who seems so larger than life. And, and again, I mean, I, I get 67 it. too, that's young. It's young, right? But, but also, it's not like, you know, I mean, it's always hard when anybody passes, but... It's kind of like there was there was no lead up. There was no like no. It's like, like boom. Like yeah. right now we know Ozzy has Parkinson's disease, so now we're kind of going into this acceptance mode. That, that may, unfortunately, that maybe you know that if we were to hear this in five years or, or whatever, and I, mean, I don't want to put any hex on Oz there, you know. But, but I think you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. But did you know anything other than what the press did? Like I mean, when you, when. You heard he had died, and you heard how he had died, and then you hear people going, "Well, we, we knew he had the brain cancer." Like blindsided, yeah, they blindsided. blindsided. I had no idea. Like I so said, the only inkling I thought was, you know, when they stopped touring, and he was the reason they stopped. Right. And they always said he's not going to do anything more. I just I, I knew he had physical issues, but I never knew it was anything this okay. serious. Okay. I always knew that he hated touring, and I felt like that he just thought, you know what, we landed on, the, on an even number of 40 years, and we've done all that we can, and, and yes, maybe uh, I'm not playing as well, but if you were the last show, he, he, They were he, phenomenal, but I, I get it, you know, for a guy like him, who was such an amazing drummer, I mean, you know, one of the best ever, for him to, you know, start to slow down a little bit, I could see where, it, I, like I said, not knowing him at all, but just knowing people around him, I could see where he would be like, I'm just not gonna, if I can't perform at a high, super high level, I'm just not gonna do it. And, you know, they made enough money and he didn't like touring, and so I get it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I just took it as that, like, okay, and then maybe they'll do like one, maybe like a Toronto residency or something, but, but this is, to have this just chosen for us, it's been taken away, you could just see Getty going, God, I don't want to play with Rush again, and he's always talking about it and stuff. And yeah, and, and I, it's interesting because I, I, well, the fan side of me would love to have them do more shows even without Neil. Uh, I get it that those two guys are like, we're just, it's, that You'd was, be okay that was, that was a fan? I would be okay, and it's weird because sometimes there's certain bands I'm not okay with them doing right, stuff right. With, without a certain member, but you know, Rush. 
the only thing I realized that I even thought about it was I saw Sticks the other night. Drummer in Sticks is freaking amazing. Who's playing with him? I forget the okay. I, I forget his name now because I'm the worst person on earth with names. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I've seen them twice now with this guy. He's plays similar to Neil and is an amazing drummer. He won like best classic rock drummer of the year two years in a row, modern drummer and all that stuff. But you'd it's, be okay with Rush performing as Rush without Neil Peart. I might I might be. I might be. I know, I know. <laughs> I didn't say I was. <laughs> right. And it's not ever going to happen. So it's, it, it's not going to happen. But, but, but give me an example. I like what you said. You said that there are some things that you're okay with. That you kind of get it that people would be like, what? But on other, on, on other things, you apply that same type of... Well, so here's the thing. From, you know, I'm, I'm old. So I've seen all these bands in, in, their, in their original forms. So I get it that a lot of kids haven't seen you know, Kiss with Ace Frehley or... Alice Cooper with the original band, or you know, you can go on and on with a lot of these guys, you know, Leonard Skinner. So I get it that you know, younger kids would want to see these bands <clears throat> even without some of the key players because they never got to see them. Right. right. So I, I get that. So while you know, I'm not a, I, I wasn't a big fan of Kiss Without Ace Frehley, although I saw them on this last run and they were really, really good. But I get it. It's like they, you know, kids should be able to see. Them. They're still putting on the big show and stuff. Right, right. Sounds great and stuff. So. So what drummer would it be? What drummer? All for for rush. I don't know. I mean, we do a bunch of different drummers. You do one show. I don't know. I mean, it would, it would be hard pressed. I mean, look, that guy that plays for Sticks could easily play a couple of those songs. He's freaking okay. phenomenal. Okay. And there's other guys out there. There, there's a lot of really good drums like Dave Lombardo. I'm sure could play Ooh, for sure. Some but, stuff. You know. There's guys, but but I get the. I would it, and to preface this, not as a tour, not right. but maybe a tribute or. Something like that, maybe. But I don't want to come across this because is an uptight rush because I know those those I, you, we know that. Uptight oh, I get, I totally get it. You know, and that's those guys are a bit too intense for me. I, but but I, I just I always connected with it. And I wondered, you said a while ago that you mentioned that you had met Getty a couple of times. Did you ever get to meet Neil? No, I never met Neil. But I'm really good friends with Billy Sheen and the guys from Mr. Big, and they toured with Rush for a long. Period. In Texas, grew, I grew up where I would look through like Rip and Heavy. Uh, was a hit parader and face yep. and shit, and I would buy shit from your label without ever hearing it because it just looked sinister as fuck <laughs> that I knew was going to make me cool because for us, not only this is how you discovered music, like I, I bought Venom's Black Metal just without ever hearing it because it just looked like whatever this is, yep. take, take my money, I'm in, right? <laughs> And that's how we would do it. Is that in, in, you said that you uh, you know the, the guys from Banger Films and, and Sam and all those guys and and there's a one part in the uh, one of their documentaries where I really related to where he mentioned how it was like he would come to school and be like oh yeah and you heard this mm -hmm. and then the guy would be like oh yeah we all did that mm -hmm. and I won many of uh, bragging rights thanks to Metal Blade man yeah, so that's. Cool. Uh, it's been a been a big part of of, 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 of my life growing up, and and, and just uh, and you got that, that that brand awareness that's just, and I think that now you being the face of the company, people have kind of seen you on you know some you know VH1 stuff and documentaries. They kind of go, oh, this guy's you know he's a swell guy. He's he's clearly cares about the artist. He's not the, what we talked about earlier, the sure. the cigar chomping yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. But Brian, thank you for joining us. Thanks uh, for having so me. So much. Of Thanks course. for the support. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Get this book, man. And there's a sequel coming right here. Again, the book is called for y'all listening. It's called For the Sake of Heaviness, The History of Metal Blade Records uh, by Brian Slegel. He is the founder and CEO and it just 
you're such a fabric part of the fabric of, of, of everything that came from metal. Uh, what a what a pleasure to to be able to you and I you can tell you and I could do this all day. Yeah, right. Like it'd be awesome, right? Uh, anyway, uh, but and also you mentioned uh, the sequels coming out later this year. Look for the Metal Blade Records Museum. Yep. And uh, and uh, and we're uh, gonna cross our fingers and congratulate and uh, just uh, kill switch on the nomination. And we uh, hope that they uh, it's, it's cool to see they get nominated. But uh, yeah, it's fine. And, and I'm yeah. just, I doubt they're gonna win. But just again, it is cool to get nominated and cool go through the whole did. thing. So why not? Again, Brian, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks a lot, man. All right, everybody, once again, want to thank Brian Slagle. Again, shout out to Missy and the whole Metal Blade organization. Uh, what a great time. Like I said, Brian's such a cool guy, uh, and I really always really enjoy speaking with him. Uh, check out the, the, the Metal Blade book uh, that's already out. It's called The History of Metal Blade, and then there's going to be a sequel coming out. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, and make sure you check us out next week. Uh, you know, we lost a giant in our industry, uh, in any industry. He transcends any and all. The professor, Neil Peart, man. So we're, we have a special coming up called Exit the Warrior. And we're going to be hearing from uh, more from Brian Slagle, Brian Posehn, Michael Sweet from Striper. Uh, tons of others uh, going to be on the show. It's going to be a big, big, big fun celebration of the life of uh for me i refer to those guys all, all three members of rush like their family like i uh getty did this or did you see what alex did and oh yeah something reminds me of something neil said so it's like you know i didn't know those guys uh oddly the, the one member of the band that i did meet was neil uh we had a great experience about 10 years ago uh which i'll be talking about on in and on the the, uh, the tribute episode, but uh, stick with us, uh, hang out again. Like I said, to all you Kings X fans out there, um, I want you to uh, to know that that new album is coming, man. I've heard it; it's amazing. Uh, you're all like, "We'll share the record." Well, you know, I can't quite do that, but uh, uh, good things are coming. So just hang in there, and I hope you guys are again sticking with your New Year's resolutions. And we'll see you next week.